the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Impact investing is an exciting and rapidly growing industry powered by investors who are determined to generate social and environmental impact as well as financial returns. But often there is a disconnect between the investor and the community that is receiving the investment. My next guest decided to do something to bridge that gap. She is Jenna Nicholas, the co-founder and CEO of Impact Experience. Good evening, Jenna, and welcome to the Business of Giving. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. What is Impact Experience, and how did you come up with this idea? At Impact Experience, really, our goal is to build bridges between investors, entrepreneurs, artists, innovators, and marginalized communities to co-create solutions together. So we work in places such as southern West Virginia around retraining former coal miners and in Puerto Rico and Houston post the hurricanes there. And I had been working in the impact investing space initially with the Calvert funds and then uh, helping to build a coalition of foundations that were divesting from fossil fuels and investing in new economy solutions and just kept on seeing how disconnected so many of the funders that we were working with were from the communities in which they were looking at investing in. And so got inspired by how do we build bridges between investors and entrepreneurs and, and marginalized communities. And then what you do is you bring these uh, investors and others to the mar- marginalized communities for an impact experience. And this can last for a couple of days. So walk us through one. Who's there? What are they? Part- what, what do the participants do for three days? And where do you hope you'll come out at the end? Yes. No, thank you for the question. Um, so we typically actually sort of structure our engagements as nine months to one year engagements with the three day uh, impact experience itself being a component of a larger engagement. And especially within every community that we're working with, we always have a local partner. So you know, in West Virginia, it's a, it's a health clinic in Williamson, West Virginia, that's focused on serving people who are 80% below the poverty line. In Arizona, we partnered with Arizona State University. So we always have a local partner mm-hmm. that really is the eyes and the ears on the ground and there's a deep local wisdom. And we'll spend a lot of time with them up front, really uh, identifying what are the core kind of opportunities and challenges within the community. And that will help to drive our curation of who's taking part in the impact experiences. And we'll always curate um, a group with a lens around diversity, equity and inclusion. So ensuring that we have a diverse range of perspectives and backgrounds and race and gender and socioeconomic context. Um, and um, and then we have a curriculum that we've designed. So over the course of those three days, there's three core parts to it. The first part is really focused on trust building. So given that we're working in places often where there's a history of extraction and a lot of challenges around trust building, the need to really establish a strong foundation of trust as being a really important aspect of the work. And then we'll transition into mapping of opportunities and challenges and we'll sort of use a lot of insights from design thinking and break out into small groups and start to really map that out and then finally we're sort of driving towards concrete commitments and next steps Mm -hmm. and so we always leave each of the 
gatherings, everybody making a very tangible set of commitments, which we then track and follow up with over time. Um, so it's, it's really an ongoing engagement and sometimes multiple years where we'll be um, bringing together groups to build off the previously existing groups and the insights that have come from that. That's interesting. So this is not just a one-time visit. There is a relationship and a continuity that continues between the community and the investors, correct? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. How does the nature of these investments, these impact investments, change as a result of investors going to visit a community compared to the way they have traditionally been done? So we often think about it actually as almost like an insurance, right? So there's, there's actually uh, a number of unintended consequences that we find can emerge if this upfront time isn't made in really building these strong ties, really understanding the nuances of what's going on um, within the community um, and having that ability to be able to actually engage from a place of this deep understanding. Um, And so the fear that if people are just making decisions based on preconceived notions from outside of the community and be what's worked in other places, but it's not necessarily grounded in the realities of what's taking place on the ground, um, then the ability to actually design solutions that are effective both from an impact perspective and from a returns perspective um, is greatly minimized as a result. So the ability to actually be able to at least try to ha- increase the likelihood of the success of the projects from a sustainable long-term perspective uh, we find is greatly increased through taking part in a process like this. Yeah, so when these marginalized communities are really co-creating the solution, have you found any difference in the nature of the solution compared to what otherwise might have occurred? Yes, we found that it's very much that the because of that co-creation process, as you allude to, um, that the design of those solutions are much more nuanced to the cultural um, dynamics within a given community. So rather than it being very much a kind of one-size-fits-all approach to thinking about engagement with communities of like, oh, well, this works in this community, so of course it's naturally going to work in this other community. Uh, it's much more tailored towards those particular dynamics there. So you know, in West Virginia, a lot of the work has been around supporting the build-out of tourism opportunities there and retraining former coal miners and supporting around broadband access. So those types of engagement have really been built off your understanding where the community is currently at and what the specific needs are at this point in time. Yeah, you've been able to bring in a phenomenal, your organization, bring in a phenomenal amount of money to West Virginia. How much has that been? It's about $10 million. That's fantastic, yeah. How often do you conduct an experience? And in addition to a couple that you've mentioned, what are some of the places where you've done this? We have about one every month. Um, That's a lot. And some of those are repeat engagements. Yeah, we have an amazing team. We also run um, these sort of training programs that we host at Stanford um, where we have have a research partnership with Stanford and with an impact fund of funds called Illumin Capital, Mm -hmm. uh, which is all focused on research around implicit bias and investing. So how do we unlock more capital into women and people of color run businesses? Um, and so that's a, le- a big lens through which we apply to all of our work. So during these training programs that we have at Stanford, we have a component of that that's focused on 
implicit bias, a component that's focused on impact investing and on community engagement. We've also bring, been bringing groups to Montgomery, Alabama to visit the Equal Justice Initiative lynching memorial and museum. So it's a, you know, a harrowing experience to go and visit um, the, the memorial and museum. But the power of being able to have an experience like that if people are thinking about some of these themes around the structural racism and how that plays out to today um, is incredibly powerful. So we have a few ongoing programs like that and then we have for example a couple of partnerships right now one with the sierra club um they have an initiative called ready for 100 so it's uh-huh. 100 cities that have committed to transitioning to 100 percent renewable energy and one of them is in atlanta so we're doing some work in atlanta um and then another project with a group called the steve fund that's really focused on mental health and young people of color um so we it's a mixture of both the place-based work as well as um some thematic work as well a lot going on. Have you noticed anything from the people who make these uh, trips, uh, the investors themselves? Is there any evidence it's going to change the way they go about their philanthropy and the way they're going to go about their investing? So it's a great question, and that's actually a big part of our um, both theory of change and as we think about the success of our work is just as much about what is the impact in the direct community that the group is taking part in, but then also how is this influencing how people are making decisions more broadly, even outside of that particular community. And so we've had our first impact experience was about four and a half years ago now in uh, New Orleans, and we had an um, investor take part in our experience there. And he was just a traditional investor, did not have any impact lens as he as it related to his investments previously. And he said, you know, afterwards, it was years later, he's like, I have now, any time I make an investment decision, I am looking at this through the lens of what is the impact that's being created here or not. Um, and so the ability to actually both equip people with the tools to be able to have more of an impact lens as it relates to their investments, and then furthermore, uh, as it relates to thinking about some of these frames around implicit bias. So when we think about the $69 trillion that are invested uh, or less than 2% of that goes into women and people of color run businesses. And mm. so the ability to have people thinking about that as part of the lens through which they're engaging with their investments is, is something that is that we really emphasize as part of the program when we support and track around that over time. Yeah, that's got to be quite rewarding to hear that. Well, let me close with this, Jenna. Mm. What do you think is the future of impact investing as well as impact experience? Where are you going to go with this? Mm. So I think that we're just going to keep seeing an increase in uh, different impact investing opportunities and more and more of the mainstreaming of that. So seeing a lot of the large institutional investors raising impact investing funds, and Apollo being the most recent one this past week, you know, launching a billion-dollar impact fund. Um, and then I think particularly with the next generation, with intergenerational wealth transfer that's taking place and an interest from millennials and having more impact oriented investments and putting pressure on their families and on their advisors for more of this um, impact-orientated investments, I think we're just going to see more and more of that. And I think similarly, as it relates to the impact experience work, we're having more and more demand for the work, just given the increase that's happening more broadly within the impact investing space. So I think both going more deeply within the communities that we're already working in, as well as expanding to other communities, both within the U.S., but also internationally, 
will be a key part of our focus moving forward. Well, very interesting and a great approach to all of this. Jenna Nicholas, the CEO of Impact Experience, I want to thank you so much for being here this evening. If someone's listening, whether they're an impact investor or an individual who might be part of a community that could use a little bit of investment, how can they proceed? Well, it be great. Come check out our website. Uh, it's www.impact-experience.com and come take part. We have programs as I mentioned every month, so it would be wonderful to have you um, be part of our programs. And if you're interested in having impact experiences in your communities, we would love to be in touch around that. Uh, and I think more broadly, I think there's a powerful opportunity right now really across asset classes and no matter what one's wealth level is to really think about how to have more of a, an alignment between our values and our investments. So um, digging into those different opportunities and going on that journey, I think it's, um, it's an exciting one. I certainly agree. Well, thanks, Jen. It was a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.